into Judea and unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of lineage and lineage of David. He went there to be taxed. Yep. Thank you. He went there to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, with, who was great, being great with child. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Oh. Went too far. Nope. Praise God. All right. That just says verse 4. I guess I didn't put the rest. All right. But it says to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. And the reason being that there was no room for him in the inn. Now, I just had a couple small thoughts here tonight. Uh, according to this story, I find it so fascinating, this passage of Scripture and this story in general. And I, I feel like around this time, we always revisit this feeling. It's not really a fear, but it's more of just a, just kind of a, a, a feeling, a general feeling of spookiness, if you will, or Almost like things at this season are a little bit quieter. A little bit, you know, we're going crazy and fast because of the Christmas holiday. And then all of a sudden it's like everything just slows down on that special day when we visit family and we spend time with everybody. And and I think back on this first Christmas, of course we know it probably wasn't December 25th that Jesus was born. But we look at the state of the world at that time and all of the people who are in the Christmas story. How many people had no clue in that day what was taking place? Can you imagine this with me for a moment? The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who created everything was about to be born as a baby. And nobody knew about it except for Mary and Joseph. And if others knew about it, they didn't believe her. Or at least they didn't respect them enough to put them up. Even their own family members, when it says that there was no room in the inn, what it means is really their parents' house or their family's household. The inn was not like a motel like we go to today. What it means is literally their family had no room for them to stay. Can you imagine kicking out your, your, your daughter or your cousin or a family member who, as the Bible says, was great with child? That means she had a big belly. <laughs> she was great with child, yet they said, oh, I'm sorry, we have no room for you here tonight. The government didn't seem to notice, not until the three wise men came and brought it to them. It just seemed like that night, which should have been a night with just great triumphant praise 
and worship ended up being a silent night. A night that could have been presented much different, but became nothing but just a silent night. Even Scripture, prophecy, talking about the place it would be. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little. Okay, well, well, this is just a little town. Nobody important comes to Bethlehem. Nothing important happens in Bethlehem. No one would think that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would be born there. And then we hear the, the sounds from, from uh, uh, Philip, who I believe it was Philip, who says, No good thing cometh out of Nazareth. Talking about Jesus. Nobody recognized just how important that night was. It was a night that should have been filled with praise and worship, but yet it became a silent night. I feel like if maybe we'd revisit the feelings of Mary and Joseph, knowing I'm about to give birth to He who would save us from our sins, and yet the only ones who came that night were the animals in the farm that they were at. And, I, you know, I just think, well, this should be such an exciting moment in history. Mary and Joseph thinking this should be the time when everybody joins together. The, but the rest of the world was silent. Now I know that the angels came and brought the shepherds there. Again, we talked all about that on Sunday because God, He's going to get the praise no matter what, right? Hallelujah. He's going to get the praise. But it still makes me wonder. Now I want you to think about the idea here. A silent night. And then I want you to read this passage of Scripture. And the Word which formed the worlds was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And He came, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger in a silent night. Now, Pastor, what is the point here? What are you trying to communicate? I'm trying to communicate that some of the greatest of God is seen in our silent nights. When nobody else is watching and when nobody else knows our pain and when nobody else feels what you're feeling and knows what you're going through, in that silent night, can you hear the screams of a baby taking its first breath as it begins to cry? As the night is pierced with the cry of the Word being made flesh and dwelling among us. Can I tell you, in the darkest of night, that's when the grace and truth of God has the potential to be born in your darkest of night. I know this is weird. This is different. Hallelujah, but I've got a message for you today. God speaks. God reveals himself. God does miracles even in the silent night. 
Hallelujah. Can I tell you that God's not just in the church service where we're praising and worshiping. And he's not just in the sermon where pastors getting red face and yelling at you. He's not just in the altar call where everybody is lined up to cry out to the Lord. No, he's in your bedroom at night when you can't sleep. And all of these thoughts are coming into your mind. He's in your kitchen when you're alone and feel like you should have family with you. He's in the silent night just as much as he's in the altar call at church. Sometimes we can get into the mindset that they had in that day. See, the Jews, they weren't looking for a baby in a manger. They were looking for a Messiah being flown in on the arms of angels. Literally, that's what they believed that was going to happen. That's what they were waiting for. They were waiting for Jesus to fly into the temple, fly into the outer court of the temple on the arms of angels. That's what they were looking for. Isn't that how we do it sometimes? Unless you got that perfect song playing. That perfect note is reached. It's hardly reached here, but let's be honest. But <laughs> but we're all constantly looking for God in the big stuff, the loud stuff. Can I tell you, he's just as powerful, and sometimes he does even his greatest work in the silent night. Hallelujah, hallelujah. First Kings 19 and 11, we see Elijah. He's depressed. He feels alone. He knows that people are out to try to get him. He needs a move of God. He searched for him. The Bible says in verse 11, he said, go forth. This is the angel speaking to him, saying, stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord, as he's standing on the mountain, passed by. And a great, strong wind rent the mountain and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Look, it's the glory of God. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake came. It rumbled the entire ground which he stood. Hallelujah. Everything around him began to shake. Have you ever been there before? Where everything around you felt like it was shaking? Hallelujah. What about a church service where things were bumping and rocking and the music is finally right, and, you know, everything sounds good, and you just feel like jumping around, running around, hanging from chandeliers. That's what they used to say, hallelujah. Praise God. But, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, the Bible says. And after the earthquake of fire, we always talk about the fire of the Holy Ghost, right? Fire fall on me. There's nothing wrong with seeking the fire of the Holy Ghost. But look, the Lord 
was not in the fire. But after the fire, there was a still, small voice. And the Bible tells us it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle. Hallelujah. Because he recognized God was in the still, small voice. Sometimes we don't need fireworks. Sometimes we don't need great music. Sometimes we don't need a great sermon. Sometimes all we need is to seek the still, small voice of God. Can I say that in our darkest of nights, when all other voices seem to be silent, when it seems as if nobody even knows we're alive. Those are the times when that still small voice seemed to be the loudest. And if you'll just cry out to the Lord wherever you are, at home, in the grocery store, at church, wherever you are, just cry out to the Lord and seek that small, still voice. You may just find a baby lying in a manger. You may just find a miracle. You may just find your blessing. You may just find peace. You may just find joy. You may just find help, even in the silent night, even in the silent night. Sister Mian, if you could go turn the light off and everybody have a candle. Hallelujah. I'd love to do it right now. Why don't we begin to come? Parents, again, it's up to you to uh, decide for your children. How about you come? one at a time, and come and, and light your candles up here, and just come and stand. When, you're, when you have your candle lit, just stand in the altar here. Be very, very careful with it. And we're not done with our sermon yet, so just when you get it, go stand uh, over to the chairs, but let's stay down here in the altar. Your candle. We're talking about that silent night. This is just such a precious moment when we come and we light our candles and just recognize that night when Jesus was born. That holy night. It's in this situation where, again, some of the greatest miracles are performed by God. But I also wanted to make mention of another silent night.
another holy night that the Bible talks about. Jesus says in Luke 17, 34, I tell you, in that night, there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken, and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken, and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken, and the other left. Seemingly completely unaware of the importance of what that day represents. When Jesus told this, he wasn't talking about the first coming where he came in a manger. But Jesus told it and he was talking about his second coming. He said his second coming will be much like his first coming. Nobody's even going to know what's about to hit him. No one's even going to recognize the importance of that day. It will be a silent night. Some will be in bed, sleeping. Some will be out in the field. It will be a silent night when all of a sudden Jesus returns and we are taken out of this world and taken to the heavens above. Mark 13 and 32, Jesus says, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. It's a silent night. No, not even the angels in heaven know. Not the Son who was in the earth knew, but only the Father. And this is what he said in verse 33. Take ye heed. Watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. Now, I know this took a drastic turn, and, and we're talking about the silent night when Jesus came. But can I tell you, we cannot talk about the silent night when Jesus came as a baby and not talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ when we will be taken out of here on a cloud. He says it'll be a silent night. We're not going to know when it is. Just like that innkeeper who told Mary and Joseph he didn't have room. Just like the king that had no idea. Just like the shepherds that were just out in the field. It was a silent night that hit the world unaware. But we know the Bible says, because we are children of the light. He says, we know because we are children of the light. And because we will not let our candles burn out. We know because we'll keep our candles burning. Hallelujah, for as long as we're in this earth, we got to keep our candles burning in anticipation for that silent night. We may have missed the first silent night, but I don't want to miss the second. Therefore, I'll keep my candle burning. I'm wondering if we can right now begin to cry out to the Lord. Can you lift up your candle and say, Jesus, Jesus, 
We thank you for your first silent night where you came as a baby. But Lord Jesus, we also pray that we will be ready for that second silent night when the world will be caught unaware. Come on, is your light burning? Is your candle lit? Do you feel filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you ready for the coming of Jesus Christ? Oh, There's not a mountain too tall. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to keep my fire burning. I'm going to keep my candle lit, Lord Jesus. I will not let it go out, Lord God. All of a sudden, in the silent night, the cries of a baby broke the silence. One day real soon, all of a sudden in a silent night, the sounds of a trumpet are going to break the silence and we'll be caught out of here. journey too long to embark. Jesus will see you through. In time he'll make you new. It's our God, he cares about us. So wait on the Oh, that's right. That's right. Hallelujah. The fire of the Holy Ghost is here. Even in this solemn, silent night. Hallelujah. If you cry out to him, he will light your candle. He'll fill you with his spirit. This Christmas, how about we go into it knowing I'm ready for the silent night. I'm ready for the silent night.
called out of here will be taken to the skies and the bible says we'll be introduced into the lamb's supper the supper of the lamb we'll be given new garments white which represents the righteousness of the saints hallelujah we're gonna dine at the table of jesus christ we will live with him in eternity Hallelujah, this last silent night, it brought the salvation of man through the body of the baby Jesus Christ. But this second silent night, it will return us to Jesus and God. Hallelujah, it will finalize what that baby did.
Hallelujah. God's filling people with the Holy Ghost here today. Why don't you go ahead and continue just to worship the Lord and to call on the name of Jesus. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good here tonight? Hallelujah. Oh, I'll just say what Paul says. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Hallelujah. The Lord is good in this place. Hallelujah. We love you. We thank you so much for coming and joining with us. Before you run out, how about you go ahead and tell somebody you love them. Wish them a Merry Christmas. We pray that you guys have the best Christmas you've ever had. God bless you. We are dismissed in Jesus' name. You can return your candles if at all possible. (laughs) Thank you.